When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. off my ass you guys are always on it all right okay (laughs) with with that let's just go ahead and start then since jason's getting impatient uh welcome back everybody to the south end zone uh i'm I'm eric i'll be hosting at least the first portion first segment of this show we're gonna be taking a look at the acc a lot of teams to get through so we're gonna have to kind of power through maybe not as much detail as we or our listeners would like but uh, i am joined as always by timmy and jason timmy what's happening a whole lot, man. Uh, we're finally doing uh, previews for the ACC, man. It's my conference. Uh, I'm excited about it. I know some people may or may not be, but I always enjoy previewing the teams in this conference. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. All right. Well, I'm going to be leaning on you for some expertise. I'm on the fence on a couple of these guys. Well, I'm here for it. All right. Uh, Jason, what's up, man? Oh, well, you know, it's uh, it's officially football season, man. SEC Media Days is going on. Been watching some press conferences, been watching Mike Leach give Netflix recommendations, you know, oh. that kind of stuff. So the man's a national treasure. And, and as much as I would like to talk about Mike Leach and SEC Media Days, because uh, Saban, Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, all those guys had some some I thought fairly interesting things to say. Uh, we just we have too many teams and we can't dawdle so we will have to circle back around to sec media days and i'm gonna get i'm just gonna jump right into it both feet uh jason your first team i want the lowdown on the hurricanes uh new coach mario cristobal uh they got a quarterback i think we all kind of like coming back played really well last year miami's over under uh their vegas win total is 8.5 tell me which way you're leaning and why okay so miami i'm gonna preface this with uh you know, if Tyler Van Dyke doesn't stay healthy, then they could have a losing record. But Cristobal in his first year, we'll see. I mean, he's done some really good things, and Miami sort of got out their checkbook finally, you know, to get out of the mediocrity of, that they've been stuck in seemingly for the last few seasons. So, you know, they're taking the right moves to become relevant again. But Van Dyke is a baller. We saw him come in last year, kind of an unknown So he's really talented. He's probably my number three or four QB in the country behind Young and Stroud. I I think he is that good. Like this dude is legit. So, but the problem with this offense is who's he throwing it to? You know, their top two wide receivers are gone. They just, and and they lost another one in the transfer portal. They're going to have to have some dudes that step up. And two, Cristobal did a good job, like uh, in the transfer portal, bringing in Henry Parrish from Ole Miss to run the ball. 
I think between him and Knighton, they should have a you know pretty decent one-two punch. Given they've got a pretty experienced offensive line, so ultimately I think Cristobal leans on the run, kind of like he did at Oregon in his early you know days there. And uh, I think it'll be a productive offensive year for him. Like I say, as long as Van Dyke stays healthy, I feel like you know they score a ton of points this year. Defensively is where you start to have some question marks, like major ones. The front seven is a giant mixed bag of shit. Wasn't very good last year, and they brought like five defensive line transfers in to bolster up depth. You know, I mean, they weren't just god-awful on defense. They gave up like 140 yards on the ground per game last year, but they were super young on defense last year. They had a bunch of freshmen playing in the secondary. All those dudes are back. So I feel like the defense should take a step forward but they're going to be in sort of a different scheme moving from a Manny Diaz defense, you know, to what they're going to be running this year, which I haven't dug into to figure out what kind of scheme they're running, but I don't know that defense is a big question mark and they're going to be on schedule wise. I dude, I, I just couldn't find nine wins on this schedule. They have road games at Texas A&M at Virginia tech at Clemson. Okay. Virginia tech, they should win, but it's on the road. Not a gimme. You could pencil them in. F- you can pencil them in for losses at Clemson and probably at Texas A&M because I just don't think their lines of scrimmage are going to be talented enough to control those games. So you're already at you know two losses, and then you've got to come up with you know another loss out of Pitt at home, Virginia Tech on the road, North Carolina, who's probably going to be better this year, at Virginia, who's probably going to be a little better. It wouldn't shock me to see them win nine games, but bottom line, man, I just I. I it's too risky for me to bet it. I, I'm gonna in year one, I'm gonna take the under and say they go eight and four. Okay. Well, I would I would tend to agree for much of the reason many of the reasons you outlined. I their defense scares me and not in the good way. Like they were they were 128th in FBS football last year in tackling, right? As far as yeah. missed tackle rate. Uh they allowed 31 points a game against FBS opponents last year. They were 83rd in the country on third down percentage, 75th in red zone touchdown percentage. They just did not get stops. And I don't know for as much as they did in the transfer portal, I don't know that they can improve enough in, in those areas with those transfers to to get to nine wins either. I don't think at Virginia Tech and at UVA, you know, they have to they had to win at least one of those. Pitt at home, not that's not a gimme. Uh I just I can't get myself to nine either. So I'm I'm on the under as well. Where are you at with these guys, Tim? So this one was was really difficult for me. You know, eight and a half I think is a really good uh, total from Vegas. I, I really really want to take the under on this, but something is just telling me that the combination of Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke is worth you know an extra win somewhere. Um, that's just me. It's just a feeling. I don't have any quantifiable data to even rationalize that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to take the over. And I think they could win nine games if everything breaks right. And even regardless, I, I still think they're going to be in the mix for the Coastal Division. You know, I know their defense is going to suck, but I think they can counteract that with some potent offense. So I'm going to take the over. All right. Well, you, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I, I wouldn't either. Defense, yeah, I, you know, they have enough winnable games. It's just a matter of are they going to win enough of them? And I don't with that defense, man. I just don't. Uh, truthfully, I just I wouldn't bet on it. But if I had to pick over or under, I think it's more likely they they lose a fourth game. Um, yeah. Then then win a ninth. But that's just me. Uh, so moving on, uh, staying in the state of Florida, uh, Florida State. Uh, my guy, Mike Norvell, year four. 
Jason, what's the outlook? Uh, six and a half. <laughs> I pro- we pro- probably should have done, uh, you should have taken Florida State if we wanted a more optimistic outlook. But Over. nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, uh, five and seven a year ago, four and four in the conference. Uh, I mean, a, a slight step forward, but I'll get to that. I mean, Jordan Travis is back at quarterback. So, that's a good thing for them, given he kind of, you know, went five and two in his last seven games as a starter. So not terrible, but their wide receiver core, it's kind of the same thing as Miami. They're, he's going to have to find people to throw to. It's basically an entirely new group of wide receivers that, so I don't know what kind of playmakers they're going to have that emerge there, but that's a concern. But their running back, Treshawn Ward, he's back. He's not what I would call like a massive game breaker, but it'll be interesting to see if he can sort of carry the load. It's sort of just an unproven mixed bag on offense, and there's not a ton to get excited about. I don't know. Offensively, I just don't have much faith in this team, so I'm not going to really you know, talk on that much more. But defensively, they, they did take a big step forward from year one under Norvell and pretty much their entire defense is back minus their top two pass rushers. So really the only defensive concern I have for them is where's the pass rush going to come from? Cause they effectively lost half of the sacks that they put up last year. I think they had 33 sacks. They lost about 18 of that production. So yeah. that will be Patrick a, a Johnson decent was the ACC defensive player of the year. He's gone, right? That's a big right. role to fill. You're right. And they, they did bring in some transfers, you know, to bolster some depth and, you know, recruiting. We'll just see what Norvell's got. I, I'm not sure. So I think defensively they'll be okay. Now the schedule, th- this is really where I just, I start to struggle to get them over the six and a half mark. The, the schedule to me, I mean, if you're a team like Florida State with that level of talent, when I see the schedule, I think it's a gauntlet. I mean, for them, relatively speaking, that, you know, they open up with a cupcake and then they go to the Superdome to play LSU in week one. And that, I mean, I just, I think there's going to be too much of a talent gap there. So I think they're taking an L there. And then at Louisville, you know, after a bye, eh, maybe, maybe not. Louisville can score. I, I don't really like that. And then they get sort of a layup at home with Boston College. And then they go on a run of Wake Forest at NC State and Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> I got them penciled in for three L's there. And then they played Georgia Tech, and then they go to Miami. So they beat Miami a year ago. I, you know, I would think Miami will be a little better this year, but toss-up. And then, you know, they got an out-of-conference game with Louisiana, a team that won 11 games last year coming to town. And then they close out the season with Florida. I just can't find seven wins here. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. There's too many question marks on offense. I, I'm just not buying it. I think it's their ceiling is six wins. So I'm going to take the under hater hating on my guy. So I, and I've said previously, I think, I think Norville gets them to seven wins this year. I, I think wake NC state and Clemson are, I'm, I'm reasonably confident that they will lose those games. Uh, I'm very confident they would win against Duquesne, Georgia tech at Syracuse. And I think they, you know, Louisiana did win 11 games, you know, new coach. They lost a bunch of players. They're a bit of a mystery, so I, I'm confident-ish that, that I can pencil well, that. I'll tell you who win. they're better than. They're better than Jacksonville State that beat uh, Florida State a year ago. Uh, that's true, but I think Florida State is better <laughs> than Florida State a year ago as well. Um, and it, it's weird for me because Florida and LSU are, you know, those are two teams that are also first-year coaches, a lot of new faces, you know, guys leading. 
those two teams are a bit of a mystery. So if, yeah, I agree can... with that. I, I think that it it boils down to the talent gap. I mean, LSU. It's yeah. there's no question they've out recruited them every year for the last you know uh, really since Jimbo Fisher left. So I think right. even though the cupboard is bare in LSU. I just can't bring myself to think that Florida State can go to New Orleans and get a win over Brian Kelly. I don't. Right. I just don't. So see between it. those two, I mean, if they can get a win there and then win two out of uh, at Louisville, at Miami, Boston College, I mean, they beat two of those teams last year and almost beat the third. So uh, I think I think he can get them to seven. So I'm going to stick with my over, uh, even though if they finish six and six, uh, I'm going to get a giant ration of shit at the end of the year from both of you guys. Because I think I know what Tim's going to say, but Tim, let's hear it. Yeah, get ready for a ration of shit, Eric. Tell him where he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how they got a six and a half total out of Vegas. I really don't. Um, I think this is a five or six win team at best here. Um, I really don't see them winning seven games. I mean, you guys have already highlighted their schedule. I mean, we're talking NC State, Clemson, Miami, Florida, LSU, Wake Forest. Come on. It's not going to happen. I just don't see it. <laughs> uh, Norvell is not going to get this team to seven wins, especially after everything we've seen from, from him and his staff over the last couple of years. You know, They're going to have to show me something this year before I can just outright say, yeah, this is a seven-win football team right here. Not buying it. All right. So you, so you got to build up some more scar tissue off these these first his first two years before you're a believer. Yeah, you got to break up that scar tissue. We're talking like right. real deep. Okay, well, two unsurprising answers there uh, from you guys. Moving on to the next team on your list, Jason. Uh, I personally, I'm, I may be in the minority here, but I am a Malik Cunningham believer. Uh, so you were last year as well. I I was, um, and and they were one bad quarter away from me hitting that over and rubbing it in your guys' face. Um, <laughs> but they they have uh, again same as last year. They have a six and a half win total from vegas uh how are they looking what are their odds uh, well okay I, I will give you some credit now we were really hard on you last year especially yes. about malik Cunningham and his yes i uh, went back and listened his, to that today and you guys were just <laughs> god with friends like you who needs enemies yeah it was uh I, I listened as well we were uh we were pretty rough on you so i'm gonna eat a little crow and say you were right about Malik Cunningham because he did have a really good year statistically. He, you know, completed 62% of his passes threw for 19 touchdowns, six picks. And he also ran for a thousand yards and 20 touchdowns. So dude had a ball and out season, man. I can't t take anything away from that. So looking at them this year, offensively Cunningham is back and, you know, he's expected to have another good year. Their top running back is back, and they also added some depth. They added a transfer from Tennessee. So the the biggest, like, problem that I can find on this offense, because it's going to be pretty solid, I think, is that uh, their biggest, like, you know, home run threat was uh, Tyler Harrell, who averaged 26 yards per catch last season, which is fucking ridiculous. Uh, he plays for Alabama now. So – I think they're going to have to lean on the running game really hard, but they do have four offensive line starters back. So I think that's, you know, I think that's possible. So I think Cunningham's going to have to continue to be a force in the running game and they'll have to probably find one or two playmakers, you know, on the outside. But I, again, I'm not really concerned with this team's offense. I, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> 
defensively, man, yikes. It's it's a mixed bag of shit. And they brought in like eight or nine transfers to bolster depth. And they were pretty fucking terrible last year on defense. And quite frankly, I don't see much of an improvement coming in that department. I'm not even going to go into it. They're going to have to outscore people. It's kind of the same thing as Miami. So now schedule-wise, I do think they have a good chance to go over. I think if everything breaks right for them, they could win seven, even possibly eight games. But at UCF, you know, in the second week of the season, that's a tough non-conference game. Then you got Florida State at home, a couple of cupcakes at Virginia, and then they the back end of their schedule gets really, really difficult. They play Pitt, Wake, and then they get a layup with James Madison before they face at Clemson, NC State, at Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, that, so the last month is the last three games is just brutal. If they don't have seven wins by then, they boy. That, that's exactly right. They're they're really going to have to start hot and have a good season in the first half to even remotely have a chance to go over here. So this is one of those things. It, it's kind of like Miami, man. It wouldn't shock me to see them go over, but it's just too risky for me to bet given the back end of their schedule. So just a safe play. I'm going to take the under and say they make it to a bowl game, but I think they they win six. All right. Well, I, I already said I think they need to get to seven before they get to those last three games. They're they're going to have to be seven and two after a win against James Madison. Uh, but I do think they get to seven. Timmy, what do you think? So I, I have to stick to my guns on this one, guys. I said that Scott Satterfield was in trouble, and I meant it. You know, I <laughs> look at this schedule, and I can only confidently give them six wins at best. You know, I will eat a little bit of crow along with Jason about Malik Cunningham last year. We crushed him. We crushed you. Uh, but he ended up uh, showing us up. But the question for me is, is we've basically seen him play at his best and we've seen him play at his not so best the year before. So which one are we going to get this year? Or is it going to be some combination of the two? And then you combine that with there's really not a lot behind him. So if you know he goes down with as much as he likes to run the ball, that could be lights out for them. So. You know, you guys already highlighted the defense. That's going to be a huge pain in the ass for them. I just think if they don't start off really hot in the first four or five weeks of the season, they're going to tank at the back end of their schedule because, like you guys already said, it's it's pretty tough. So I'm going to lay the safe money on the under. Book it. Fair enough. <clears throat> it's, it's, not, it's not an unreasonable play. And that is going to bring us to our last team that Jason's going to fill us in on. Uh, and that is a team that I, you know, I think we all probably believe is the class of the conference, the Clemson Tigers, who have a Vegas win total of 10 and a half. Uh, they were 10 and three last year. You had higher hopes just like they did. Last year, their number was 11 and a half. You took the over. And then I'll just stop there. This year, 10 and a half. Where are you at on them? Okay. So, yeah, last season, just a recap they lost three games 10 and three the of those games they lost by a touchdown to the national champions in atlanta in a game in which they didn't give up an offensive touchdown they lost because dju threw a pick six in the fourth quarter so not going to fault them on that win or loss in atlanta and their second loss was in double overtime on the road to nc state a game that, oh God, that game was painful to watch, especially on offense. And then the last loss was uh, to the eventual ACC champs in Pittsburgh. So I, I have some mixed bag of feelings with this team because, I mean, you take those three losses and then think about the level of quarterback play they had. 
it's kind of like the South Carolina situation last year where they managed to win seven games with abysmal quarterback play. This is kind of the same thing, but on a larger scale. Nine touchdowns to 10 picks. I mean, it just, he wasn't good, man. All year, he wasn't good. Now, on the back end of the year, they started crushing people and looking like Clemson again. So even though it was a major letdown for me because I had such high hopes for him, looking at it, it's really not that bad considering the level of QB play that they had and how abysmal they were on offense the first half of the season. So that being said, this year, I'm not that quite as high on them. They have first rounders at basically nine out of 11 positions on defense, especially their front seven. Their front seven is the stuff of nightmares. It's probably the second best front seven in the country behind Alabama. So defensively, they're going to just stymie people and suffocate people. Like I do not want to be a, a quarterback playing against this team. It's a nightmare. So I mean, they got they they were also just bogged down by injuries last year. They had a ton of injuries. DJ, you was playing hurt. Will Shipley was hurt for a big portion of the year. I need to. I do need to annotate that. But schedule wise, man, I just don't see enough losses to take the under here. Assuming that they have any kind of improvement at quarterback, I see a eleven or twelve win team. So I'm going to take the over. Uh, well, I'm going to take the over too because, like you, I just can't find it. You know, you, you look at their three toughest games uh, at Wake, at Notre Dame, NC State at home, or Miami. I guess between those four, uh, are, can they win three of them? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, they beat Wake last year soundly. Uh, NC State, they lost in double t- overtime on the road. I, I just, I can't find two losses. I, I'm going to take the over. I think 11 and one at worst. Timmy? Uh, I guess I'll be the contrarian once again, man. Stunning. Yeah, stunning. I know. I know. But for me, you know, kind of boils down to a little bit of some some things we said last week where there's a little bit too much new new for me with some of the coordinator changes and, you know, philosophy and stuff like that, uh, combined with some of the substandard offensive performances from last year. There's there's just a little bit missing for me this year to outright say they're going to go 11-1 or 12-0. You know, I know they're loaded with talent, but they were loaded with talent last year. And, you know, they always have a favorable schedule because talent-wise, they're so much better than everybody else. But playing a little Nostradamus here, I think they lose to both Notre Dame and and NC State this year. Um, And there's two losses right there. So, uh, I'm going to, you know, reluctantly take the under on this one and roll the dice, man. I don't know. You don't sound very reluctant. You know, I, not unreasonable. I mean, the year after they, you know, relatively underachieve and bring a lot of the same players back, particularly at the quarterback position, I can understand someone not being willing to just assume that DJ Uyunglele is going to be better just because, because. So we got two overs and an under. We'll be back with the ACC in just a minute after a word from our sponsors. Jason, take it away. Hey guys, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. You can throw down on all your major action that you want to watch, baseball, golf, MMA, whatever you like. Plus, with the same game parlay, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options 
feel endless. I personally love to bet on my Atlanta Braves and laid a bet on them tonight against the Phillies. So hopefully that one comes through for me and you can lay a bet on your favorite team. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. Welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Jason Bailey. I'm with Tim Popovich and Eric Mulher. As per the usual, we're back, boys. We've already covered my teams. So now, Timmy, we're going to get into your side of the world here. We're going to talk about uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Pittsburgh, and we're going to throw a little bit of Notre Dame in there at the end of this and make it interesting. So Can't wait. I'm going to hit you with your – <laughs> I'm going to hit you with your boys right out of the gate, man. Virginia Tech, five and a half. Uh, Brent Pry coming over from Penn State as defensive coordinator to take over after Justin Fuentes got fired and sent on his way, rightfully so, because he stinks. So, Virginia Tech, man, five and a half. What's it looking like for the Hokies this year? Are they going to do anything? All right, so let's break them down a little bit here. So, you know, last year, six and seven overall, four and four in the conference. And like you said, that earned Justin Fuente a free U-Haul out of town. So they're going to bring back 12 kids from last year's team, five on offense and seven on defense. And starting on the offensive side of the ball, they're they're really hard to predict uh, because Common sense would tell you when you lose your starting quarterback, your top two wide receivers, and your top running back from last year, you're probably going to lose a lot of production and you're probably not going to be as good. But what makes it tough is is you could argue that the QB that they've brought in, Grant Wells, from the transfer portal might be better than the guy that they had last year. Um, His only problem being is that he was, you know, a little susceptible to throwing some interceptions, but he's got a big arm. He likes to push the ball down the field and, you know, that's kind of what they need in the offense that they're going to run, but it's going to be tough on the outside because that is a big hit for them losing, you know, the two guys that they did last year. They managed to bring in some talent in in the transfer portal to address it, but it'll be a question mark going into the season to see how they do. I think the backfield will be fine. You know, they have a young kid, Malachi Thomas, who ran for like 450 yards on 90 carries last year. Um, So I think they're going to be fine there. But another unknown is the offensive line. They got three guys coming back. But I think that the great equalizer for this equation is is Brent Pry brought in Joe Rudolph from Wisconsin, and he's a, a well-respected offensive line coach. So I have I have confidence that he can get them up to snuff and coach them the right way. On the defensive side of the ball is is where I think they're going to shine. You know, Brent Pry is a defensive guy, um, and he's got the old school Virginia Tech attitude of, you know, smash mouth football, get after the quarterback, stop the run and take the ball away. And they have a lot of key talent returning in almost every area on the defense. I think we're going to see a return of that old school 
Virginia Tech defense starting to emerge this year. He's laying the foundation for it, and I think it, it's a good thing for them uh, going forward. Bottom line overall, the philosophy is going to be they're going to try to run the ball, pound the rock offensively to set up big plays down the field in the pl- passing game, and then play smash-mouth defense. And I like that philosophy. Now, are they going to come out and they're going to win 8, 9, 10 games? No. But five and a half is too low. I think that's underselling their potential. Uh, I think they win six games and make a bowl game this year. You know, they got some tough games for sure. You know, Pitt, Miami, NC State, West Virginia. But they also have a ton of very winnable games. You know, they got the usual cupcakes and Old Dominion, Wolford. And then you got ACC bottom feeder trash like Georgia Tech and Duke. And then you always got to throw the UVA game in there, man. They've only lost twice in like the last 20 years. So, And then they also played Jason's favorite team, the uh, the Malik Willis-less Liberty. So, you know, there's six wins right there. So I'm going to take the over at, at six wins. What say you guys? Hmm. Interesting. I would tend to agree. I think I'm going to take the over as well. I do think they make a bowl game. I I really like the way their schedule sets up for them on the front end and on the back end. Uh, I think opening with Old Dominion, Boston College, and Woodford is three wins. And then they kind of hit a pretty tough five-game stretch of West Virginia at North Carolina, at Pitt, Miami, and at NC State. If they can manage to steal one of those games, closing out the season with Georgia Tech, Duke, Liberty, and Virginia – I think they win six and go over. I I mean, I watched them in the spring game. They do look like they've got some playmakers on offense, some guys that can, you know, at receiver that can really make a difference. So I think that'll be a strength for them, you know, sort of an underrated strength because, like you said, pound the rock. But they do have some athletes at wide receiver. So I think that'll be interesting. And if the defense comes around, like you say, I'm with you. I think they win six. What do you think, Eric? I I wanted I wanted to take the over. I guess it's my turn to be the contrarian. I just oh, replacing ew. as many re- replacing as many guys as they're replacing on offense. You're talking about your starting quarterback, your best two receivers, your best two running backs, three offensive linemen. Man, it's just yeah, but some of those guys do. Do they even want some of those guys back? Because they suck. We suck. Okay. Well, I mean, they're bringing back a lot of their defense. Do they? How many of those guys do they want back? Because defensively, they were not great. They, they gave up twenty-five and a half a game, and it's. I, I just don't have the confidence to. I think he's got to trim some fat and and bring some more talent in. Uh, I mean, I I can get them to. I can get them two five pretty easily, but then it's like, well, where's their sixth one at UNC at Pitt Miami? I. I don't know, man. I, yeah, they'll beat Old Dominion and Wofford and Georgia Tech and Duke, probably Liberty. But, you know, it's again, the ACC is a lot of teams are pretty evenly matched and there's not yeah. a, a clear cut favorite in a lot of weeks. Right. Time will tell. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, time will tell. But we're going to move on, Tim. And uh, talk to me about Pitt, man, the ACC champs. Are they going to, uh, are they going to be able to repeat? Because I'm, I'm actually kind of high on these guys this year, and I don't, I don't know that you are. I think you're expecting some regression. Would I be correct in assuming that? Um, so we'll get to that. All right, we'll, we'll start off. We'll break them down a little bit. 
Um, so like you mentioned, they're the reigning ACC champions. Uh, they were 11 and three. Oh, and I, I, I apologize. I should, I should have mentioned they have an eight and a half win total, eight and a half wins, eight and a half. So 11 and three overall last year, seven and one in the conference. And they're bringing back 15 kids from last year's team, eight on the offensive side, seven on the defense. But a lot of those losses, especially on offense, you know, Kenny Pickett, first round draft pick, Jordan Addison, we all know what happened to him. Um, And I got to throw in their offensive coordinator that made it all tick last year and Mark Whipple. Um, He's out there in Scott Frost land trying to get Nebraska's shit together. So those are three pretty big losses on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so don't underestimate how big of an impact those losses will be. They're bringing in Keaton Slovis to replace Kenny Pickett. I, I don't think I would be out of my mind to say that it's not a realistic expectation for him to put up senior year Kenny Pickett numbers this year. So he'll be serviceable. No, he'll probably no. be, you know, an above average ACC quarterback. But you lose Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, the, you know, Heisman Trophy finalist and the Blitnikoff Award winner. That's pretty big, you know, loss to recover from. You know, but they do have some some kids coming in with, with some talent on the outside in the wide receiver. They they added some kids in the transfer quarter. So, you know, the jury's still out on that. But as, as an offensive unit, they'll, they'll be pretty sound for the most part. The problem that I have with, with Pitt is on their defensive side of the ball. You know, they kind of run this scheme and this philosophy where the front seven guys are really good at getting into the backfield and causing chaos. But then they leave their secondary hanging out to dry, and their secondary is just not good enough to do that. So they give up tons of big plays. And I just don't think that's a a sustainable formula from a philosophy perspective. So they got to figure something out uh, with that. But with all that being said, eight and a half win total, I'm actually going to take the over on this one. Their season starts off tough with non-conference games against West Virginia and Tennessee. But both of those games are at home. That, that plays into their favor. And then they don't play a soul who's on their level and caliber until the very last game of the year in Miami. So even if you chalk all three of those up as instant losses, they'll still win nine games. You know, I don't see them repeating as ACC champions. And I think the Coastal Division is once again going to be up for grabs by a couple of teams. But they're not going to be so terrible that they, you know, go under eight and a half. So give me the over at nine. Hmm. What say you, Eric? I'm under on these guys because the quarterback and the receiver and the OC leaving just it's it's too much for me. They have everyone else back. That's great. <clears throat> but now Keaton Slovis will be fine when he's on the field. And that's that's my issue for them is, you know, the 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 most reliable predictor of injury is past injury history. And this guy's history is filled with it. He's missed games every single season he's played. And I just for me to take the over, I have to be confident that he's going to start and finish 12 games. And I'm not, you know, I think Tennessee's a loss. I think at Miami might be a loss. And then, you know, they, they have, they don't have a lot of gimmies really is what it boils down to. I mean, you know, the backyard brawl week one, West Virginia, you know, no telling at UNC at Virginia, uh, at Louisville, at Miami, I, you know, are they going to win all of those games or enough of them to get to nine? I don't, I don't see it. I, I think they're a seven or eight win team, man. Yeah, I kind of disagree with both of you guys a little bit in a way. I do think Pitt comes out of the ACC Coastal. 
I do think they win it because even with those two non-conference games against Tennessee and West Virginia, if they were to lose one or both of those, that still doesn't affect their ACC standing. And I just don't think their conference schedule is tough enough for me to bet on them not making it. So if Slova stays healthy, I like them to come out of the coastal. But as far as their over-under total goes, I'm going to reluctantly take the over, but I don't feel great about it given Slovis's past health issues. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going to move on to Timmy's favorite team, and I don't want him to spend 10 minutes on him just because he fucking hates him. But uh, Virginia, Timmy, over-under seven and a half, the who's what are they going to do oh this is my 20 minute segment of crushing uva oh wait sorry um now <laughs> we'll, we'll try to keep it brief um so they're seven and a half over under you know they were six and six last year four and four in the conference just a whole lot of mediocrity and that led to bronco mendenhall their head coach deciding he wanted to uh go sit my ties somewhere and retire um, so they go out and hire Tony Elliott from Clemson. Um, and honestly, it's a good hire, a uh, good hire for them. So kudos to the, to the guys out in Charlottesville for bringing in a, a respectable coach, um, quite contrary to what they've done the last, I don't know how many centuries, but looking at the team on the field, they're going to bring back, uh, nine kids from their team from last year four on offense and five on defense highlighted and led by quarterback Brennan Armstrong. Um, you know, offensively they should be solid in the air, but they're really going to have to prove that they can run the ball effectively and protect the quarterback because their O-line and running back situation is a huge dumpster fire. The O-line especially is bringing back a grand total of zero returning starters from last year. Um, so Ugh. an entirely new o- offensive line almost never goes well, especially in the first year. And then in the backfield, they already lost one of their top running backs to injury in the spring bank spring game. So that ship is, you know, more or less sailed already. So it looks like they're going to have to rely solely on Brennan Armstrong and the talent they have at wide receiver to get it done. Defensively, there's more questions, you know, Last year, they recorded 19 sacks, and 12 of those are from dudes who no longer live in Charlottesville, okay? Replacing that production is going to be tough. The back end of their defense doesn't look any better. Most of those kids are coming back, but they were a squad who gave up 21 pass plays of 30 yards or more last year. So that gives me a yikes factor. For all those reasons, man, uh, seven and a half, I think, is way too optimistic for a first-year coach with minimal returning talent. So I'm going to take the under. You know, looking at their schedule, they've got some tough games. UNC, Pitt, Miami. Don't undersell Coastal Carolina. They can hang with this team. Louisville could be a toss-up for them. And then, of course, the Commonwealth Clash, man, in Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's had their number over the last 20 or so years. So for all those reasons, give me the under, man. You must think I'm dumb. Shocking that you would pick the under on Virginia. What about you, Eric? You optimistic about the Cavs? I, you know, I'll tell you what. I was close because of this schedule, right? Because in conference play, they miss Clemson. Uh, and I was about to in, say, Timmy, I, and, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shit on Timmy saying they have tough games because their fucking schedule is a cakewalk for the first seven weeks. They they do have tough games on the back end of their schedule, but they miss Clemson and they miss NC State, who I think personally are the two best teams in the ACC. So yeah. they should be six and one at worst going into the Miami game. They get Miami at home, UNC at home, Pitt at home, 
Coastal at home and at VT. So I can get them to six wins pretty easily, and I think they can win one of those, but I am not confident that they can win two out of those last five because, like Timmy said, they're replacing the entire offensive line. They have two starts, like individual game starts returning. Uh, on the offensive line and they were they were so bad against the run last year um and i just i i I can get them to six pretty easily i think they'll probably win seven but i i can't find an eighth win there that i'm confident in despite the schedule yeah now i'm not trying to say they're a three or four win team but all i'm saying about their schedule is is you know comparing their talent to the talent that's on their schedule you know, they have some relatively 50-50 type games. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, bottom line, boiling it down, I, I think Vegas missed on this total a little. I think it's one too high. I would have put the total for them at six and a half because I think that's really where I, I can get them to six wins without even blinking. Like, I mean, Georgia Tech, Duke, Syracuse, Old Dominion, Illinois, Richmond. Oh, would, would they be someone that you would think would know anything? They're going to win all of those games. Then you got a questionable game with Louisville and Coastal Carolina. <laughs> I mean, they, with this schedule, they should win eight games. But with their level of talent, I just I think Vegas missed on the total. I think it's one too high. So I'm going to take the under as well, put them at seven wins. But it wouldn't shock me if they win eight with this schedule. It's it's just it's a joke. So, uh, Timmy. I'm going to close you out here, and I'm going to close you out with uh, your favorite team in America, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And that damn guy is listening in, and he is anxious to hear your take on Notre Dame, as am I. So, Notre Dame, nine and a half, over or under. All right, that damn guy. Turn it up real loud and listen real close, all right? (laughs) So, nine and a half win total for the Irish. They were 11 and two overall last year. O and O in conference because, well, yeah, okay, yeah, you know. (laughs) And we all know Brian Kelly's gone. Marcus Freeman's in. You know, Freeman's looked like he's had some early success in the recruiting trail, but, you know, that's for next year. And we're talking about this year. Jack Cohn's out at Keith out at QB and Tyler Buckner is in. And I actually think that's a good thing for them because Buckner's a better threat with his legs, but you know, he is inexperienced. He had very limited playing time last year and his most extensive playing time was actually the game uh, that they played against Virginia tech, which of course I watched very closely and he performed well, but he was also very inconsistent and ended up getting pulled after he went in to relieve Jack Cohn. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of question marks with his consistency and obviously his level of experience. They do lose some talent on the outside, but they got some guys coming back um, from last year that I think will be able to pick up the slack. So I think the, the receiving core won't, won't be a problem for them. And then the running game is going to be the key for me offensively. I thought last year it was mostly ineffective and, and it was a combination of the backs and the offensive line. The offensive line has a lot of talent on it. And I think that they can, you know, counteract what they did from last year and make it a better product. But, you know, we'll have to find out. But defensively is where they're re- going to be really, really good. And they were really good last year. Um, especially in the secondary. And with Marcus Freeman remaining on to you know lead the whole show now, I see no reason for that to change. And I think Notre Dame is going to be a really good football team again this year. But I don't think they're going to be quite 10-win good. They could, 
and it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm not going to bet money on it. So sorry, that damn guy. Uh, I think the success of their offense relies on a young, inexperienced quarterback and a good defense. I think the defense will win them a lot of games, but I also think Buckner is going to cost them one or two. Um, and that is why I'm taking the under. <clears throat> well, I agree, period. Because at Ohio State, week one, that's a loss. Pencil that in now. And Clemson coming to town on November the 5th. Last time Clemson and DJ, you were there. DJ, you fucking lit them up. So, But they won. They did win. I will give you that. But I, I think Clemson's defense is better this year than it was then. So... I mean, I'm, I would pencil them in for two losses there right out of the gate because I just don't think Notre Dame's going to be as good this year, especially on offense. I do think Marcus Freeman and their defense, I mean, I, I like that combination. But just offensively, I don't think they'll have enough. So I would agree. I think games with Ohio State, Clemson, neutral site game with BYU, you know, in Las Vegas, I just uh, at USC to close out the season, and USC is not going to be a pushover, at least we don't think. So I'm with you. I'm going to take the under and say nine wins. What say you, Eric? Uh, I'm I'm going to be the contrarian again. I'm going to take the over. I think they're going to get run in week one by Ohio State. I think they're going to lose probably by two touchdowns in the horseshoe there. But then uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think they got seven games they should win right after that before they play Clemson again at home. Uh, so that's, you know, toss-up game. Uh, at Navy, Boston College at home, those are gimmies. If they were playing USC in week three instead of Cal, then I might be more tempted to pick the under. But I think we've talked about USC and their depth issues. I think by the time you get to the end of the season, I think Notre Dame is going to have a clear advantage there, even though it is on the road. And I think they're probably, as is, I think they're probably the a better football team anyway but i really like them in that matchup at the end of the season as opposed to earlier so uh, i think they'll lose at ohio state and i think between byu and clemson they'll win one of those and i i i have them favored in the rest so i'm gonna take the over on the domers are we having a scooby-doo moment here where we rip the mask off of eric and find out that he's that damn guy is that what this is i'm not that <laughs> i'm I'm, a, I'm just a damn guy i'm just i'm not there to be the damn guy You've been sending me these emails all this time, you bastard. No, if I talk shit to you, you're going to know it's me. I'm not going to hide behind a pseudonym. <laughs> well, we'll see. And one of these games on here, Eric, I'm going to move over to you. Uh, but one of these games on here, I'm not so certain that it's some just gimme for Notre Dame, would be on the road at North Carolina. And that's where I want to hit you uh, first, because I think North Carolina takes a little bit of a step forward this year. So they have a seven and a half win total from Vegas. What say you on the Tar Heels? Well, it's obvious the odds makers didn't know what the heck they were talking about. Well, let me just open with under, because I don't, I don't <laughs> know how you best, look at this the team. the smartest thing you've said all night. I don't know how you look at this team and think they're going to take a step forward. They're replacing Sam Howell. Like they don't know who the quarterback is right now. It's either going to be Jacoby Criswell, who's a sophomore, or Drake May, who's a redshirt freshman. So brand new quarterback starting. Their their best returning running back is British Brooks, who had 295 yards last year. Uh, they still have Josh Downs, who is a grade A stud. I really like watching that guy play. He's He's incredible. He's, he was 10th in the country in receiving yards last year. He plays really well out of the slot. I just don't know who's going to get him the ball. Their defense, kind of a good news, bad news situation. Um, the good news is they're very experienced. They bring back 
you know, about 60% or better of, of kind of all their production metrics. You would look at like sacks, interceptions, tackle for loss. Uh, but the bad news is all of those experienced guys are back were horrible last year. They got 32 a game last year. They were 105th in the country and, you know, six yards per play. You know, they, Gene Chizik, new defensive coordinator, is he going to get it turned around that much in year one? Uh, I don't know. It's still the same players. Yeah, national championship winning Gene Chizik yeah. is going to turn that defense around. Wait for that. And they have some good defensive players. Uh, Miles Murphy, the non-Clemson version, Miles Murphy. He was He's good up front. He can play inside, outside. He was second team all ACC. Cedric Gray is a linebacker. I think he's a pretty talented kid. Just as a unit defensively, they're bad. I just they're going to have to outscore people. Well, they are, and how are they? Gonna, I don't. I just. I don't see how you can be confident they're going to outscore anyone with all these, all these guys that are replacing on offense. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, Jacoby Criswell. He might win the starting job, and he might be a really good quarterback. But that's not a given, and that's it's not even likely. <laughs> I just. I'm just not there with them. Give me the under. <clears throat> all right, Timmy, hit him. <laughs> Duh. Tell him why he's right or wrong. No, man, he's 100% right on all of it. You know, the biggest thing for me is is I, I, I don't know how you say a team is going to take a step forward when they're losing one of the better quarterbacks from last year in the ACC and Sam Howell. You know, he didn't play as great uh, last year as he did you know, a couple of years previously, but he was still a superior talent to what they're replacing him with. And, you know, Mac Brown has been known to flip-flop and play both quarterbacks. So I think we're going to see that. But their defense was hyped up last year, and they just laid a giant egg. And I don't think Chiswick turns it around that much in year one. So, yeah, give me the under, man. Yeah. I, I look at these guys, and I think back to a year ago with Clemson when when I said, you know, you're replacing the best quarterback you've ever had and all of your rushing production and you're replacing guys up front and you have some good receivers, but you don't know who's going to, you know, how it's going to go throwing the ball. And I just, I kind of get the same sort of feeling like there's just too much turnover on offense for me to think they're going to go out and win eight games. Well, I look at it like this last year, the three of their losses last year were by a touchdown or less. Okay. And they lost just, Oh God, an inexcusable game on the road at Georgia tech. Got blown out 45 got, to 22. They got run. They got <laughs> yeah. their doors blown. I watched that game because I had them like like minus 14 or something, thinking it was just the easiest money I was going to make all year. And they got capital D destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. And so, and then you look, you turn around and look at some of their other losses. They lost to Pittsburgh in overtime by a touchdown. They lost to Notre Dame by 10 on the road. I just, you know, they lost to NC State by four. I mean, they just, yeah. they were right there. And I think they, their defense they, is better this year than it was last year. So they were right there, but it's not the same team coming back, though. Like it's a different team that lost those close games. You know what I mean? I agree. That, that's where I, I'm at. Yeah. I agree offensively. I think offensively, sure, they could take a, a slight step back, but they weren't a slouch on offense last year. I mean, they dropped 50 points like four times. So, I think they won't take a huge step back on offense, even with the loss of Sam Howe, because frankly, I don't think he was very good last year. He was just meh. Okay. So if their defense takes a step forward, which I expect it to, even though it will still be quote unquote bad, I think it's good enough for them to, you know, take a step forward. Now, whether they go over or not, uh, <laughs> I think 
seven and a half is a little generous. I would pick them to go seven wins, so, but I mean, technically that's a step forward from, you know, a six win from, season. So, but uh, we'll see yet to be determined. All right. So moving on with well, hold you, on. Is Eric, that, I'm, I'm tracking these hands. So are you on under? I am on the under, but okay. I do think they take a little bit of a step forward. So, all right. So then that's going to bring me to North Carolina State. So is the Wolfpack hype going to stick around? Well, how long is it going to stick around? Because they are at, what are they at? Let's see here. Eight and, eight and, a, half. and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. So if you had asked me this three months ago when we when we looked at, or however long ago it was, when those those way too early top 25 started coming out and we kind of ridiculed, you know, NC State showing up at, you know, eight, 10, 12. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to walk that back and say, I, I was wrong and I should have looked at these guys harder because I think they're going to be really good. I was down on them last year and they sort of rubbed my face in it. I, I had them under, I think seven and a half or eight and a half and, and they went out and went nine and three. And then, uh, their, their bowl game got canceled, but, uh, they're bringing back Devin Leary who threw for 3,400 yards, uh, 65%, 35 touchdowns against five picks. So he, he obviously he took really good care of the ball. Uh, that was good for a 157 rating. He was third in power five and red zone passer rating. You know, he got down there, he made it count. Uh, they got three running backs who are going to rotate. They bring back a couple of guys who have been, I don't want to say part-timers or role players, but, but haven't been like the main target, uh, Devin Carter and Thayer Thomas between those two guys, they're at about 3000 yards and 28 touchdowns to career. So, uh, experienced, there's some talent there, uh, offensively, or I'm sorry, on the offensive line. Uh, they're pretty experienced. They're very deep. But why I'm bullish on these guys, or maybe it's bearish. I always get it confused. Why I'm high on these guys and I'm going to take the over is because of their defense. Um, their defense is very, very deep. It's very experienced. And they're just, frankly, it's just very good. You know, Corey Durden, all-conference defensive lineman. He can play inside, outside. He's he's really disruptive. Uh, Peyton Wilson, who was all conference in 2020. Uh, he led the team in tackles in 2019 and 2020. He missed last year for injury. Uh, Drake Thomas is another really good linebacker. He had 99 tackles, three picks, five sacks. He just sort of did it all. Of their 16 top tacklers from last year, they're, they're bringing back 14 of those guys, right? Plus Peyton Wilson, who led them in tackles two years before last, so see, before last season. So defensively, they're bringing back a lot of really good players, and I think they're going to be really good I kind of feel about these guys like I felt about Oklahoma State last year. It's very, very similar for me where, you know, I'm kind of, you know, offensively, I think they'll be fine. They'll be okay. They're not going to go out and outscore people. But because they're so deep and experienced defensively, I think that they don't need to be great on offense. And I, I think they're going to go out and I think they might be a 10-win team. Mm. All right. Timmy, what say you? So uh, I'm – partially in agreement with eric here i am gonna take the over uh but i'm gonna steal a little bit from jason about what he said earlier where i think eight and a half is a game off from vegas if you just set it at nine and a half i'd have thought about it a lot harder about whether they're a 10 win team or not i think they can definitely win nine games this year um and like eric said they could you know, if everything breaks right and they live up to their potential, they could win 10 games and they could challenge for the ACC championship. But it's a safe bet for me to to say nine games and take the over on this one. So that's where I'm at. 
I would agree. I'm on the over as well. I think I think eight and a half is not quite as egregious of a miss as Utah was at eight and a half. Uh, but I do think it's a miss. I agree with you, Timmy. So I think this was probably the easiest pick that I made out of all the ACC. I'm going to take the over because while they do have some tough games, they're somewhat spread out. At worst, they should start six and one. I mean, East Carolina, Charleston, Southern, Texas Tech, UConn, that's 4-0 and at Clemson. So say they lose that. Then they come back home for Florida State at Syracuse, home for Virginia Tech, home for Wake, home for Boston College, at Louisville, at North Carolina to close out. I just don't. I just don't think it's that tough of a run, man. So I think yeah, it's I, an I don't easy see over. four losses there. That's all. No, I don't either. So I, I think it's an easy over on eight and a half. Uh, that's one that, uh, hell, I may go ahead and lay some money on that. I don't know. We'll see. But, Put uh, some actual skin on it. Yeah, man. Might as well. Fuck it. So, all right. So moving on from North Carolina State, I'm going to hit Eric with his last team here before we do some rapid fire because we've gone pretty long here. Uh, Wake Forest. Now, Eric, Wake is at eight and a half as well. I don't see how Vegas is adding up their math because they've got a shit ton of teams at seven and a half or eight and a half and nine and a half in this conference. I just, some of these teams have to go six and six, man. So what's, what's Wake, Wake Forest and nine and three going to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I can tell you this much. Wake Forest is not going to be one of those teams that goes six and six. Uh, they're going to be really good again. They're bringing back a guy who I think is a really underrated quarterback. Not every quarterback in college football can run Wake Forest's offense. Uh, and certainly very, very few people can run it to the degree that Sam Hartman runs it. So he threw for 4,200 yards and 39 touchdowns last year. Uh, and just as an added bonus, ran for 360 and another 11 scores. So, you know, you're bringing back a quarterback who who accounted for 50 touchdowns last year. He's 35 touchdown passes away from the ACC career record. Like, he's going to break that record this year. They got a couple running backs um, who combined for a little over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. They're coming back. Uh, at wide receiver, uh, A.T. Perry is a guy I really like. Uh, he put up 1,200 yards and 15 scores last year on 71 catches. Uh, Donovan Green, uh probably going to play a little bigger role this year than he has last couple seasons um well he missed last year uh but in 2020 he you know uh 580 yards um and then they got a couple of of other guys you know they're gonna have plenty of options to spread it around uh defensively they're bringing a new coordinator uh brad lambert from from purdue they got some decent defensive players coming back rodell bothroyd 16 and a half tackles for loss they're a little thin at linebacker in the secondary they're deep but it's a lot of younger guys and some inexperienced so if if brad lambert can just get them to even out a little bit on defense they led the acc in in turnovers last year in takeaways they're fifth in the country they had 29 takeaways last year but they gave up 228 plays of 10 plus yards oh, which gross. which comes out to 16 a game you look at it in those terms. So that was good for 129th in the country. Ugh. Periodic reminder, there's 130 teams that are accounted for in these rankings. Uh, they gave up 73 plays of 20 plus yards, which was 120th. So they were just, you know, they were either taking the ball away or giving up gigantic chunks of yardage. Um, so just <laughs> just a little more consistency on a down-to-down basis defensively uh, will get them a long ways. But I do like them to get to nine wins. Um, VMI at Vanderbilt, Liberty at Florida State, Army, BC, Syracuse. Those are all Duke at Duke. Uh, who gives a shit if it's at Duke or at home? Um, it's still, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, 
I can't find four losses here. Same thing with NC State. Um, you know, Clemson's probably a loss at Louisville. And they might drop that one. That was a close game last year at NC State. I don't think they'll be favored in. I think they might lose that one. But outside of that, I I just can't get them to, to a fourth loss. Hmm. All right, Timmy, tell them where he's wrong. All right, Eric, now it's your turn to turn it up real loud and listen real close. All right. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the over. What? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me after a year? You kidding me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Continue. I, 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 I crushed him. I faded him last year, and that was obviously a terrible take and a terrible assess- assessment. I'm totally embarrassed. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. But in all <laughs> seriousness, the uh, the assessment for me for this year boils down to the fact that, you know, like Eric said, Wake Forest and Dave Clawson run a very quirky offense, and bringing Sam Hartman back, th- that's huge. So, I agree that their schedule is mostly favorable for them and nine wins is definitely achievable for them this year, considering their schedule and the talent that they got coming back. So give me the over on wake forest. I said it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you right now, 2023, uh, I'm taking the under on them because once Sam Hartman's gone, boy, they're, they're. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I actually had to look him up. He's a, he's a 22 year old redshirt sophomore. Okay, well, for the, before I give my take, the most important question I think that with regard to Wake Forest is: Is Eric going to take the under on Wake Forest and Army again after missing that take by seventy-four points last year? You must think I'm dumb. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to be the contrarian. I don't think they will go over here. I, I think it's. I think they were a flash in the pan. I'm going to say it. I don't think they continue to win double-digit games or even nine with an absolutely garbage defense. Yes, they brought in a new defensive coordinator, but I don't give a shit. They were abysmal on defense last year. So I just don't see it, man. I I don't see how they can sustain this formula and keep winning nine, ten games. I just don't. Like, their defense has got awful. So call me a contrarian or whatever. You don't you don't think they can win nine or ten games with an abysmal defense when they did it last season? Yeah, I, I don't think it can sustain. I don't think they can do it again. Oh, that's okay, my, that, fair enough. That's my point. It's like, yeah, okay, you did it once. Show me again, and then I'll be a believer. But I, I'm not buying it. At Louisville, at NC State, North Carolina at home, at Florida State, Clemson. I mean, that, it's not the toughest schedule in the world. I'll give you guys that. It's not. But. I just show me one more time and I'll believe it. But with a defense that bad, I'd be shocked if they were able to go out and go over again. So, all right, rapid fire, because the rest of these teams are fucking hot garbage and I'm not spending any time on them. They suck. All right. So first off, Timmy, Boston College, Boston College is six and a half over under. Uh, under it's jerk of, or excuse me. I'm taking the over on Boston college. Jerkovich is coming back. Um, he's a big X factor, seven games for them. If he doesn't play well, they're cooked, but give me the over. Ugh. I'll take the under on that under six and a half. I got him getting to a bowl game, but not over six. Uh, Eric, what say you? Uh, I'm on the over as well, because between, uh, Phil Jerkovic and Zay flowers, who's a really, really good receiver. I cannot remember the guy's name for 
the life of me. Um, Patrick something or other at running back. I think he ran for a thousand yards last year. I think they're going to be really good offensively. Uh, their schedule is not super daunting. You know, they get at NC State and at Notre Dame back to back towards the end of the year and Clemson at home. That, that's for me, that's three L's. But the other nine, yeah, I think they can win seven out of those nine. There's some, there's some gimmies in there. Uh, at Wake is probably a tough one as well, but I think they can get to seven wins. Yeah, I basically am betting that Jerkovic just doesn't stay healthy. That's that's what I'm basing my pick Man. on. So uh, he hasn't done it yet. We'll see. If he stays healthy, they should go over. Uh, next team, Georgia Tech. God, this team, they suck so bad. Georgia, Georgia Tech's win total is three and a half. Over or under, Timmy? Under. Next question. Yep, agree. No questions for me. Eric, uh, under over? No, I'll, I'll give – I think between Western Carolina and Duke, they'll win one. But even if they win both, I don't see who else they beat. I cannot find a third win. Ugh. Well, all right, so moving on from them because I'm taking the unders well. They suck. Uh, Duke. Duke has a three-and-a-half win total as well. I'm going uh, under because it's Duke. Timmy. Uh, I'm going to be a contrarian, and I'm going to actually go over. I think they can win four. Uh, I'm counting North Carolina, A&T, Kansas, Georgia Tech, and uh, Temple as all Ws. So there's four right there. Give me the over. Well, you're wrong because they're Kansas. There's no chance they beat Kansas on the road this year. So, Eric. Oh, what, this isn't basketball? Say, Sorry. <laughs> what say you? Timmy's not as much of a contrarian as he thought because six words I thought I would never say, give me the over on Duke. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I think they get to four. Uh, Temple, North Carolina, and T. I think those are those are wins. And then at Northwestern, at Kansas, at Georgia Tech, those are all awful teams. Uh, and I think they can win two out of those three. So yeah, I think they get to four. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, last on the docket, uh, Syracuse, four and a half. Timmy, over or under? Good God, this was the easiest one. Under. Have you looked at their schedule? It's a <laughs> murderer's row. It's like Clemson, North Carolina State, Notre Dame, Pitt, Purdue. Are you kidding me? No way. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. It really is. Yeah, God. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going under. They stink. Uh, Eric, what about you for Syracuse? under as well their schedule is you know we talked about um i don't even remember who it was but you know they miss clemson they miss nc state well syracuse is the opposite of that they miss duke they miss georgia tech you know at clemson notre dame at pitt at wake virginia florida state at bc nc state like i i can find two wins here yeah i'm willing to believe they can they can scratch out a third one somewhere, but they're not going to win five. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, I think uh, UConn and Wagner are two wins, and then you could probably pencil them in to steal one, either at Boston College, possibly Florida State. You know, But outside of that, man, Purdue, Louisville, they're not going to beat them teams. No way. They're trash. So, Oh, man. Well, we've run really long, and that was uh, a lot of fun doing the ACC. Uh Eric, what have we got on the docket next week? Are we getting into the Big 12 or Big 10? What are we doing next week? Next week is the Big 10 Eastern Division. So we'll be talking about seven teams, not 15. Uh, We'll be able to go in a little more detail and not run quite as long, uh, both at the same time. So we'll be 
looking at the you know Ohio states, Penn states, Michigan states of the world. Um, oh man! So Big Ten East, which is uh, you know kind of right there with the SEC West, in my opinion, for for best division in college football. All right. Well, that should be interesting. Uh, I'm pretty pumped up for that. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there, but. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back with you next week. We appreciate you listening. And if you like the show, uh, feel free to uh, click that subscribe button. It really helps us out and uh, helps us get better content out to you guys. Feel free to leave us five stars also if you like the show. But we'd like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, and our other sponsors as well. And uh, like Eric said, we'll be back with the Big Ten East next week. So until then, take care. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.